Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Listeners should refer to the disclaimer in the episode notes and at the end of this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you're listening to it on a laptop, an iPad, an iPhone, a tablet, etc. You're using some form of battery technology already. Most of that battery technology is lithium batteries, and they were sort of first commercialized in 1990 by Sony. The exponential growth and the innovation around battery technology has probably only been in the past 30 years. Part of that has been the advancements in the use of lithium, and lithium-ion batteries are basically the main source of battery in terms of battery usage. G'day and welcome back to Equity ASA, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. I'm Phil Muscatello. My guest today is Kanish Chulk, Head of Distribution at ETF Provider, ETF Securities. Hi, Kanish. Hi, Phil. How are you? Good, good. So before entering the investment management industry, you worked in financial media at the AFR and Insto Publications. As I said, you're the Head of Distribution at ETF Provider, ETF Securities. Give us a bit of a history of it and its place in the ETF industry. So ETF Securities, I would call it one of the pioneers of the ETF industry globally. So we started in Australia back in 2003. So it's quite humble roots. And ETF Securities was founded by a man by the name of Graham Tuckwell. And he essentially launched the world's first physical gold product. Now that product is still listed. The code for that is G-O-L-D. So quite simple, it's gold. That was the world's first gold product physically backed you know, for investors prior to that, if they wanted to get access to gold as an investment or get some form of exposure, it was very difficult, very costly. It was essentially only for the high net wealth or institutional clients. So, you know, he pioneered that space. Now, that was in 2003. And back then in Australia, there was very limited choice in the ETF market. And obviously, it's really been in the past six, seven years that we've seen this exponential growth. And ETF Securities has sort of relaunched itself in the past few years. We now have 17 products. We're managing close to $3.4 billion you know, as it stands in March 2021. And that's across not just commodities. So whilst we may have started with a physical gold product, yes, we do have precious metals. We've got a physical silver, platinum, palladium, but we've actually launched into much more of the equity space. And so you know, the way we think of it is we want to be the intelligent alternative in the ETF space here in Australia. So a lot of our products aren't going to be just a the broad market, we have, you know, providing investors access to thematics such as robotics and automation, battery technology, or looking to do things slightly differently as well. So last year in 2020, at the sort of the bottom of the market, we actually launched a FANG ETF. So that's for investors that just want the Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Apple. It's a FANG Plus, actually. So it actually has, you know, Twitter, Tesla, Baidu, Alibaba in that portfolio. So 10 stocks, very concentrated. And for a lot of investors, that's all they want. And so, you know, it's trying to identify what are investors needing? What do they want? Not just now, but also in three years, two years, five years time. And so that's sort of where we see ourselves as sort of that intelligent alternative. 
And probably just something for people to be aware is ETF Securities is a bit of a, we like to be known and, and be seen as an ETF consultant. So what do I mean by that? Essentially, with investors in Australia, they're starting to grasp what an ETF is. They're starting to understand how they can use it in portfolios, but it's still very early stage. So the adoption is very early. So for a lot of investors, they need to know, well, what's available to them? There's 220 ETFs in the market, or 220 plus. How many different types of ETFs are they covering the US? Well, it's very difficult, someone coming into the market. Exactly. First of all, they've got to actually understand what an ETF is. Yes, yeah. They've got to work out your basic passive index-hugging ETF and then move on to the other themes that are available. Yeah, Yeah, so ETFs would have started as being pure passive trackers, so passive Mm -hmm. meaning they're purely tracking a broad market index. So if you jump on the news, so if you're watching the Today Show or Sunrise and, you know, Koshi does his finance update, you'll see them talking about, well, the market's finance news and the market's have done this, what they're referring to is broad market indexes. And that's where ETF started, you know, tracking the ASX 200, the S&P 500. Mm. Now you've got ETFs that have evolved. You've got ETFs that target specific outcomes. Now people call them smart beta ETFs. That can scare people. With finance, a lot of words can scare people away, especially just normal investors. So you've got to look past some of the words and the wordings around them. Smart beta essentially means it's more than just a passive index. So it has an outcome attached to it, such as targeting yield or targeting volatility. And therefore, there are more rules around it than just saying, I'm going to take the 200 largest stocks or companies within the market, and that's all I invest in. Mm. So the idea is that now you've gone down that path, as you mentioned, you've got thematics, you've got sector ETFs, you've got commodity ETFs, talked about gold in the fixed income space. And then you start to look at they're actually active ETFs. So a lot of people know of companies like Magellan or Schroeder's or Fidelity. And these are broad, well-known active fund managers. And by active, I mean there is a person or some form of system that they use to actively pick a basket of stocks. And ETF securities, are they all actively managed? The- no. So majority of our funds are pure passive. Mm-hmm. So we license an index. Essentially, our job is to track that index in its exact replication form. So full replication. So that um, reduces costs. Presumably. Reduces costs. Yeah. yeah. So the FANG ETF I talked about, the fee on that is 0.35% per year. Mm-hmm. Now, that ETF returned, you know, close to 60% plus. Oh, it would have been a great year. For that yeah, one. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so in the one year to the yeah. end of February. So for an active manager that may have chosen those same or some of those same names, they may charge 1%, 1% plus for something like that. So mm-hmm. it's very transparent. So when we're saying an ETF is passive, the idea behind it is the transparency. So we license an index, we replicate that index, and therefore we are happy to let you know what's in the portfolio. So Mm. every day you can actually download the full basket of the stocks that you hold within that ETF. You can look at the rules. You can see when they're applied. And normally there's certain frequencies in which they're applied, whether that's every six months, every quarter. But there's no sort of hiding. There's no secret source as such. Mm. Because at ETF Securities, our job is not to decide we should sell Facebook and buy Microsoft. No, it is just what it is there and based on the index. We do have two active strategies. They're active in the sense of their leverage exposures. So we've got a long NASDAQ ETF, and that's LNAS, and mm-hmm. a short leveraged NASDAQ ETF, SNAS. And the active- oh, so is that one of those reverse ETFs, is it? It's an inverse ETF, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If the market goes down, you're essentially going to see growth in your ETF, in your investment. Um, if the market goes up, well, then the, the reverse would happen. But we actively manage the leverage exposure mm-hmm. that we have on that. And that's between 2 to 2.75 times on either the long or the short product. Yeah. 
Let's uh, focus now on some of these sectors, some of these themes that ETF Securities specialises in. And I'm really interested in um, the article I saw the other day about um, battery tech companies. Tell us about battery tech. Oh, and which ETF does this represent, by the way? <laughs> yes, yeah. So this is our ACDC ETF. It's mm-hmm. the ETF Securities Battery Technology and Lithium ETF. Yeah. Now, this particular ETF, it's a thematic focused ETF looking at that fundamental mega trend of battery technology. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about battery technology is, let's consider this. If you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you're listening to it on a laptop, an iPad, an iPhone, a tablet, etc. You're using some form of battery technology already. Most of that battery technology is lithium batteries, and they were sort of first commercialized in 1990 by Sony. So the exponential growth and the innovation around battery technology has probably only been in the past 30 years. Why has that been? I think part of that has been the advancements in the use of lithium and lithium-ion batteries are basically the main source of battery in terms of battery usage. Reason being is the power to weight. So you can have a very small battery and gives off a lot of power, charges fast, and that's why you've seen it being used across the gamma in terms of whether it's portable technology, um, electronics, and now electric vehicles. And, and even those big battery plants that they're using for power stations and power storage. Exactly right. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly the same. And with battery technology, I guess lithium is one of the main drivers of the battery technology space. But there are other types of battery technology, such as flow or zinc, which are starting to be more and more developed, especially for the industrial and that solid state mm. storage that you just referred to. But what I think you'll find is in the past five to 10 years, has been a lot more focus. So a lot of people talk about Tesla when they talk about electric vehicles, mm. or they talk about batteries, they're just, you know, Tesla. That's all they say. It's more than just Tesla. Mm. And people need to understand that this is a disruptive megatrend. It's not going to go away. You know, we've seen it come to the fore of everyone's mind in the past few years and partly has been governments around the world have started to introduce policies around, you know, petrol vehicles and diesel vehicles wanting to phase them out to try from a climate change perspective. So the Paris Agreement, you know, there's some really strong goals that they want to try and achieve by 2030, 2040, 2050 across the world. And so governments around the world and even... You know, governments like China, India, in the UK, in Europe, and America now as well, they're starting to really be quite strong on these. So what you've actually seen is this big focus has started to shift in terms of, well, the technology around battery vehicles, around electric vehicles, start to really improve. So can they replace a petrol vehicle? If you would tell me 10 years ago, I would have said, no, not going to happen. It's too far out. You had the early adopters, which are, you could call them the nerds in the electric vehicle space, the ones that are really you know, excited about batteries, the geeks like myself. You know, I really want to you know, look at this sort of stuff and try to understand it. Oh, I want a Mustang, though. Yeah, that's the, what the, I want. the Mustang, <laughs> the, the, the Mustang electric vehicle that, that's recently that yep. been selling now in the US. Mm-hmm. They were the early adopters, but they're the fringe adopters. They're the ones yep. that sort of come out from the very beginning. BMW as well and uh, Volkswagen and many other exactly. car so, companies have gone head So now it's it, more than yeah. just Tesla. It's Jaguar Land Rover announced that they're going to try to phase out all petrol vehicles by 2025 or 2027, I think it was. You know, BMW mm-hmm. is starting to look at that. Mercedes, Ford, Renault, Nissan. It's more than just Tesla. And so this is really important. This is basically in 2040, 2050 you're not going to be able to buy a petrol vehicle. You're going to only be able to buy an electric vehicle. So, you know, for some of these petrol vehicles that you have, maybe it's worth, you know, putting them in the garage and then storing them. They're going to be collectibles, but they're going to start to get phased out. Now, there's certain tipping points around this. So Mm -hmm. let's consider the cost. Before 
you know, 2020, before 2019, the past five, 10 years, the cost of an electric vehicle was very high. Why was that? Well, one, limited number of manufacturers were looking at battery electric vehicles, or EVs. You had the cost of some of the raw supplies, the technology, the development of the factory lines, etc. So there was high costs associated with it. The infrastructure on charging, it wasn't around. It'd be very difficult, for example, 10 years ago to drive from Sydney to Brisbane and have multiple charging stations. So what you found is the infrastructure on charging has improved. You've started to find advancements in the lithium-ion battery makeup. So less reliance, hopefully, on nickel and cobalt, working out how they can reduce the reliance on those because they're really rare materials. There's potential supply constraints with those particular raw materials. Lithium is a bit easier, but if you look at nickel and cobalt, which make up a lithium battery, it's a bit more difficult. Also ethical issues around those as well. Yes, exactly right. So you see this advancements in the raw supplies, you see advancements mm. in the infrastructure post just buying a vehicle. So cost efficiency is being created in developing the battery technology. So all of these things start to occur where we believe by 2023, the cost of an electric vehicle will be the same as buying a Toyota Camry. So that's sort of, if you think of that as your tipping point, that's a good place to be. But actually right now, as we stand in 2021, the overall all-inclusive cost of buying an electric vehicle is actually cheaper or on par with buying a petrol vehicle. Now, what I mean by that is when you buy an electric vehicle, you don't fill it up every week. When you buy an electric vehicle, the maintenance on the engine is minimal because there is no engine as such. So the sort of differences in how you can perceive what is the cost, if it's just walking into a dealership and driving out, well, that will take another few years. But if it's the total cost, it's actually probably starting to get to a point where it's going to become much more mainstream. When people think about um, investing in battery technology, it's often in terms of lithium miners. But in... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The ACDC ETF, there's a wide range of companies that are involved in battery technology. Tell us about some of those. 
So there's a wide range of companies. So if you think about the battery value chain, and that's essentially what ACDC offers you, it's not just electric vehicles. So we've talked about this. It gets all the media mentioned. It's one that everyone focuses on. Hmm. Is it going to be the big driver of the battery technology space? Yes, it's going to be one of the key drivers, but it's not the only driver. And when you think about the battery value chain, you're talking about it from the, firstly, let's think about this. It's the raw materials, so lithium itself. So ACDC has exposure to pure play battery grade lithium miners. And so it's not just a fringe speculative mining stock that it's got exposure to. Companies like Galaxy Resources, for example, they're the company, for example, that provides a lithium mining exposure. So there's 31 names in the ETF at the moment as that sort of March 2021. And there are four currently lithium miners within that. So you go from the raw materials and then you start to look at the actual construction of the batteries themselves. So there's a company called LG Chemical. And LG Chem is actually a company out of Korea. They were the first company in Korea to produce lithium batteries. They're actually producing the lithium batteries that sit now in Renaults and Volkswagen. So they're producing high-grade lithium batteries, not only for portable electronics, but now for vehicles and manufacturers. So to get exposure, you know, we don't have Volkswagen at the moment in the portfolio, but if Volkswagen starts to really ramp up electric vehicles, you get a byproduct of that by you know, exposure and that growth by having LG Chem, for example. So now you're looking at in terms of, okay, well, I've got the raw materials, I've got the people producing the batteries and doing the technology, the capacitors around it as well. But what about the people that are selling it? So then you look at companies like Tesla, for example. So we've got Tesla in the portfolio. So any company that sits in the portfolio has to basically, within our universe, has to have a, and we use a independent consultant called Clean Horizons, and they run a survey of companies and they basically state that the companies in the universe have to be participating in an electrochemical storage project. So they have to be doing something in that space. So it can't just be a company that just sells, you know, a car. They have to be doing something more than that. And so that's why we've got companies like Tesla in there. Other car companies that feature in there is BMW and Daimler, for example, or Renault are other examples. So not all car companies, but there are some. Mm. And then you go down the path in terms of, well, what about other types of battery technology? So I was looking at this and there's a company called Lockheed Martin. Mm. We all know it, but they're actually producing a flow-based battery technology now. Yeah, what's the difference with flow-based? Well, the idea of flow-based, it's not lithium at all. It's a complete different technology in terms of batteries. But the main idea of, and the reason why flow is sort of becoming more popular is more on the industrial manufacturing side. So it's very large, very heavy, but has a longer life. So that's what flow is really working on at the moment. And they're actually doing quite a lot of work in Australia around their flow-based battery technology. It's the Redox Mm -hmm. flow-based battery that they have. Is that showing promise? Look, I think it's showing promise. So you actually, when you look at battery technology, lithium is the one that gets the main use because when we talk about portable electronics and electric vehicles, but it's flow, zinc, there's a number of others that actually start to be more on the commercial side. So as you start to see this shift away from, you know, using the standard sort of coal or gas power, et cetera, and you start to work towards solar sort of usage and winds and trying to convert that energy and store and it. store it, yes. You need to have yep. probably other types of technology, especially on the industrial side, mm. because you don't need to move that around. So it doesn't need to be light, mm. essentially. Anyone that's driven a Tesla and or has watched a video and they've talked about the ludicrous mode, that's why you have a lithium battery. 
Mm. essentially. It's that power to weight, the ability for them to recharge within a few hours and also then hit that button and go zero to 100 kilometers in sort of 2.5 seconds. <laughs> if you think about that battery value chain, so now we've got the raw materials, we've got the manufacturers of batteries, we've got the people that are selling the batteries, you've got the different types of battery technology. But then what about the post that? What about the infrastructure, the charging stations? So there's a company in the ETF called SolarEdge. Now, this particular company is interesting. They have 60% of the market share of the retail solar panel market in the US. So their primary focus is solar panels and solar storage and energy. Now, they're actually looking and doing a lot of work on the charging infrastructure um, for electric vehicles. So they're now entering that space. So they're innovating themselves, but they're working on how they capture the solar side using it in the battery infrastructure and the charging. So these are sort of examples of some of the companies that feature in the portfolio. One thing to note, the ETF, it rebalances every six months. You'd have to with Tesla in there, wouldn't you? You would have to with Tesla in there. But the good thing is Tesla's actually about a 4 or 5% weight in the portfolio. So Mm -hmm. it's not as big as people would think. And it makes people quite comfortable to have that in there because you essentially don't want it to be so large. Because the ETF is actually, when it rebalances, it's equal weighted methodology. So what does that mean? So every rebalance, they identify there's 30, 31 names that would feature in the portfolio. And essentially, each of them get the same weight at that rebalance. And then they allow the price to affect how the weights will move. And then the next rebalance, it occurs that they become back to equal weight, no matter how many are in there. Across our thematic and sector products, so across our robo ETF or our FANG or ACDC, all are equal weighted methodology. And that's important for us is because we don't know who the winner or losers are in these fundamental disruptive megatrends. You know, we, as an ETF provider, who can tell? Yeah, Yeah. Mm. you know, it may not be Tesla. It may be Tesla. It may be Daimler. It may be BMW. It may be LG Chem that really, you know, do a lot of work there. Um, So for us, the idea is we want investors to take exposure to the megatrend, take exposure to the sector, not just the bigger stock as well. I've noticed over the last couple of days, Mm. the, the U.S. government, is now wanting to take much more of an interest in lithium miners and especially Australian lithium miners. Hmm. So if you think about lithium resources, majority of lithium is actually within this triangle in South America, Bolivia, Argentina, and Chile. Now, that type of lithium, it's sort of different lithium that Australia actually has. But what you actually found in 2019 was Australia contributed about 50% of lithium production. And, you know, Elon Musk the other day, he was on a podcast that I was listening to and he was talking about how most of the lithium that Tesla uses, they get from Australia. So the reason being is I think Australia is very much set up at the moment. It's mining infrastructure, the way in which the government policy here as well is sort of quite stable Mm. and their ability to extract that lithium. And there's a different types of lithium as well. So the lithium that we have essentially is solid lithium. It's within solid rock. We have to essentially extract that rock and they basically take the lithium out from there. So they extract it from that rock. The lithium in that triangle in South America is essentially from the salt flats. Yeah, it's so, like producing salt, isn't it? They, exactly. They have large yes. evaporation plants. So the quality and the sort of the process takes a little bit longer. The process is a bit more difficult. So what you generally find is you know a lot of car companies, a lot of battery companies are using lithium at the moment from Australia, the production is quite high for that. But you'd mentioned sort of Biden and what he's done. We have actually seen 
a massive performance in this ACDC ETF from about October last year, as you started to see sort of the prospect of Joe Biden winning the US election, a lot of his policies around the sort of the green stimulus packaging and what he was going to do, and essentially say, well, I'm going to reinvent the US with a green lens. And this green trade and this green stimulus, it's across the world, but, you know, the U.S., essentially, when they start to move on it, it starts to yep. really take mm. take form. And we've seen this particular ETF, ACDC, over six months give you a return of about 45%. Over 12 months to the end of February, it's about 66%. And a lot more people have been starting to look at this particular megatrend since that's happened. Yep. And of course, past performance doesn't uh, point to Past performance does not indicate future performance. But (laughs) what I would say is thematics such as battery technology, they're satellite exposures. They are there to complement your core portfolio. Mm. They're not there as a core because there is inherent volatility with some of these long-term disruptive megatrends. You will have years, you'll have periods where there may be underperformance relative to the normal markets that occur. So there's thematics, there's satellite, and they're long-term. So if you consider that this will be a mega trend that will be affecting our lives in 20, 30 years, well, essentially, that's why you're investing in it. You're not investing in it in the hope that there'll be this immediate shift tomorrow. And when you're talking about thematics, I think a good way to think about it is, you know, there's a lot of fads Mm. out there. I've used this quite a bit recently, but how do you differentiate a thematic exposure or a thematic ETF and the underlying theme from being a long-term disruptive megatrend or being a short-term fad. And the way I look at it is a long-term disruptive megatrend generally has government support behind it. So for government supporting it, whether that's through funding, making it easier from a regulatory environment, making it easier from a tax perspective, policy, whatever it may be, that means that that's going to be something that will stick around. The other thing is demographics. You're going to start to see it from a demographic perspective. When people say demographics, they think age. Demographics doesn't necessarily mean that per se. It could mean a shift in consumers looking at electric vehicles over petrol vehicles. So you've got the policy, you've got the demographic move, but then the other side of it is you've also got emerging markets really being, you know, leading the way in a lot of this space as well. So if you have those supporting a theme, that generally will be a long-term megatrend. A fad the last year, we saw some ETFs in the US launch. So there was a COVID ETF where there was, really? a, there was a WFH ETF <laughs> mm-hmm. working from home. Underlying, I've said it before, probably really good stocks, you know, Zoom, Microsoft, et cetera. Nothing wrong with those names, but essentially that theme, is it going to be something that's going to be there for 10 years? Mm. Might, might not be. That's my personal opinion. You know, when you're thinking about thematics, that's the best way to think of it. Okay, Kanish, thank you very much for joining me today. No, thank you for having me. Important. Please remember these podcasts are produced to provide information and education, and they're not designed to provide financial advice, nor are they a recommendation to buy shares in the companies featured or discussed. The Australian Shareholders Association does not endorse or favour any specific commercial product or company. Please obtain independent professional advice before investing. We value your feedback and questions. Please contact us at share at asa.asn.au if you have any suggestions for guests or specific questions you'd like answered. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 